Welcome to Ball vs. Life, a podcast where your hosts, JC and Jack, discuss NorCal vs. SoCal perspectives, the Bay vs. LA. Thanks for tuning in. Let's roll. Ball vs. Life is back. Last episode, we brought in Leo and we gave a preview of this series, Clippers vs. Warriors. And to say the least, a lot has happened since then. So why don't you guys say hi first, JC and Leo. Hey, what's up? This is Leo. This is JC. What's up? Yeah, how do you guys feel? A lot has happened. Game Game three just closed. How's, I want to check in with your emotions. It's been a roller coaster to say the least. Where are you at le- right now, Leo? I, I'm, I'm at the, uh, the trough of an emotional roller coaster right now. <laughs> Last last week the, that was you, JC, right? You I'm were at, at the, the peak. Tr- of, I'm at the peak of an emotional roller coaster right now. <laughs> I, but I was at the trough two days ago. Oh my, jeez. We kept you there for a few days, I guess. That 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 was a win. <laughs> it's the playoffs, man. It's always intense, and I, you know, during the regular season, the stakes are so much different. But like when the playoffs arrives, like every game counts, and I, I always keep on forgetting how emotionally charged this time is and man it's it's here it's here right now for sure it's it's, yeah. it's crazy to think that just a couple of days ago we recorded the preview for the series and i don't know it's been a week or like less than a week and so much has happened and i want to say moving forward let's we're gonna break we're gonna break it all down and you guys have to relive all those emotions so that's... oh my <laughs> hey goodbye me thanks jack <laughs> Thanks, Jack. Uh, but I wanted to I say before that. we get into it, Leo, uh, la- our last episode, we got so much positive response from it. And people like you, man. That's why we brought you back on. People like you. <laughs> Who would have thought people like a Clipper diehard fan? Thanks, guys. Everyone loves an everyone loves an underdog. Yeah, no, you know, th- there's that, and then you know, there's just I, in a lot of it. Actually, I, I even got some feedback from uh, from from my buddies, and they said this is good because it's just a, a bunch of real dudes talking real basketball, and uh, you know, that's refreshing for for a lot of them, particularly the Clippers' perspective. You you don't get to hear that almost anywhere, <laughs> right? <laughs> even even after Game Two, like all you hear about is oh, how the Warriors lost it, how the Warriors lost it. Every single outlet you go to, right? So getting getting a Clippers perspective is uh, was actually refreshing for a lot of folks. Even Bill Simmons couldn't book you, man. So we're on our way up. But you know what? We respect the Clippers. <laughs> That's why we have you on here. We want to give that perspective. So let's get into it. Bay vs. LA, Warriors vs. Clippers. And we're going to break it down to three segments this week. We're going to talk about Game 2. We're going to talk about the boogie injury. And we're going to talk about Game 3, which just literally wrapped, what, 10 minutes ago, 20 minutes ago. So this is, this is a real true reaction of Game 3. But emergency pod. Yeah, emergency yeah. pod. Forget reaction it. pod. <laughs> yeah, reaction pod. But let's let's start with game two, guys. I want I want, why don't you start, Leo? Because game two was <laughs> was your hype. And to give a little quick recap, the game two finished with the Clippers winning 135 to 131. And it was the biggest comeback in NBA playoff history where the Clippers mounted a comeback and what it was a thirty one point lead? Yeah. Leo? Let us know uh, how it all played out for you. Yeah, well, you said it. So it was more. It, 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 there were there's so many storylines in there, right? Um, I, I think, um, but the biggest one, you know, of course, is history made, right? Thirty one points, biggest comeback in the history of the NBA. There's a lot. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it to JC to talk about the, the Dubs' reactions. <laughs> Most I think, definitely, I got you on that. I think for me, for me, it it was. Uh, it was funny because I, I was actually watching the game, you know, this is just, this is, this is real talk. I was, I was, I was just about like 15, 20 minutes behind. I was catching up on DVR and I wasn't know what to, ex- you know, didn't know, didn't know what to expect. All I saw was the, you know, my phone, you know, just, just blinking, blowing up. And I was thinking, okay, maybe, maybe Dubs fans just can't wait to, to, to show me how bad it was because, because <laughs> all I score, all I saw, and this is right around like second quarter going to the third, all I saw was just, you know, the lead being extended, but something told me to keep watching that game, oh. right? Like you never, I think, I think just like what JC said, the playoffs is just a different dynamic. We also in the playoffs, I talk about how grateful we were, you know, I'm going to watch it. I'm not going to give up on my team. And, and, and thank God I didn't give up on you team. You are Pat right? Beverly. I, I was I was the pet Beverly of of, of Clipper fan. <laughs> I did not give up on the team. I, I I kept watching and then bit by bit, little by little, we, we when we got to that 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 eighteen sixteen point mark going into the fourth, 
I actually felt really good. I mean, to be honest, I didn't I didn't feel like we would come all the way back, but I felt good enough mm-hmm. that okay, this is a game worth watching. Yeah. This is a game worth watching, and then and then and then they 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 hung in there. They broke the ten point barrier, and I felt I felt like okay, we actually have a chance to win this game. I didn't even know about the history. I didn't even know about what was the the biggest comeback before that. It it just became a game, you know, that I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna root for my boys, uh, and then so there's that, and then the rest is history, right? We made history, and then and then the and then what's next is all of a sudden. It's it becomes what what kind of imprint we left for for the rest of the league, um, and very quickly I think all those good things came out. Uh, I think you know I think even like Mike Malone used that as a as a as a as a thing to inspire the, his team to make it their own comeback, wow. like all those things, right? That that's the kind of that's the kind of uh, impression we left on the league, and I thought that was really cool. I mean, I can I can break it down a little more, but but you know that was that to me was cool. Being, being seen as the comeback kids, being used as the inspiration. We're going to break it down. And before JC starts, when I was watching it, it was kind of like watching Rocky, the movie. <laughs> you know, the, yeah. the game one was kind of the, the Russian, the Soviet dude. He just like beat up Rocky. And Rocky had the comeback game too. And he was getting beat up for the first three quarters. And slowly, he just came back. Punch after punch after punch. And then he laid out, he laid out that knockout punch at the end, which is what the Clippers did. So JC, how, I I kind of we were all chatting. We were the ones messaging Leo. All those blinking lights was from <laughs> us. Yeah, it was us. That was us. Uh, <laughs> JC, I, we were talking a lot too. Also, uh, yeah. while Leo was ignoring us because he was kind of he was it was like Game of Thrones. He missed episode on Sunday, so he had to ignore all the spoilers. He had to go off the grid. Yeah. But I was yeah. talking to you, and you should let us know how it was as a Warrior fan. Yeah. You and I were furiously keeping track of the game just because it was a, a very, very entertaining game, even despite the the really bad result for the Warriors. It was it was tough, at least from a Warrior perspective. Kind of a reminder that the, this Warriors team that I'm watching is not the Warriors team that won the championship in 2014, you know what I mean? Or 2015. We used to be the underdogs that were trying to slay the Giants, right? We used to be David and now we're Goliath, and we used to be Rocky, right? So it was kind of a weird dynamic for me. And I mean, obviously, I'm a diehard Warriors fan, and I'm supporting my team, but it was it was really painful to watch, you know, what had happened. I think, for me, this game was really, really uh, bad, just because we had seen these types of meltdowns during the season like we lost to minnesota we we had some really bad games during the season and i was one of the fans that kept on saying like you know just you wait until the playoffs once the playoffs arrive these guys are going to lock in and and you know and ball and then come the playoffs uh you know given this 1-8 matchup i thought that you know we would we would deliver on that and it was just a tremendous reality check i was like are you guys fucking kidding me are you really gonna melt down to this extent and i think leo like what leo described i mean this was this was record-breaking and it was just it was unreal to see that they weren't able to focus and and deliver and it really just kind of harkens to the fragility of teams in the playoffs the fragility of my team specifically Mm -hmm. the warriors during the playoffs and it's just it was brutal man i was pissed i was pissed at the warriors i give the clippers a tremendous amount of credit even when we did the preview i i was giving them props just because they are they are dogs they are junkyard dogs and their junkyard dog game really came out in game two and they pulled a fast one it's not even a fast one they earned a, a dub in oakland and it was it was brutal from a wire fan perspective, man. Hey, JC, I mean, I, I got to say, I we, we knew, Jack and I knew how pissed off you were, even just for text. <laughs> we didn't talk to you. It wasn't even a call or anything. We, we could tell you were pissed, and I and, and, and I actually respect that. Um, I, think, I think I'm just going to jump in a little bit because, because I think you guys lost this. You, you guys clearly, I talk about the media focusing on how the Warriors lost it. You know, there's a mm. lot of truth in that, right? I mean... We, I, of course, my biased opinion and the, the true opinion, we deserve credit, but you guys definitely lost this. Mm. To me, how did you guys lo- lose this? You, there was a point when you overlooked us, right? You were, and understandably, you were up 31, mm-hmm. and, and, and uh, the game got loose, right? Uh, the third quarter got a little loose, and then, and then I think the, that one turning point was your broadcaster saying, oh, Clippers didn't know what hit them. I don't know if you saw that quote. 
But uh, they were saying the Clippers didn't know what hit them. And then the other broadcaster said, well, the world champs hit them. Mm. That's cocky. Yeah. That's yeah. called overlooking an eighth seed. And I think that I do think the team was acting that way. And, and you know, you talk about how, how the playoffs is different beast. It's true. Yeah. Because the moment we, we turn it up, the moment we, we declared, hey, we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're not giving up. And we ride the momentum and it's the playoffs and things happen fast. It was it, it, the, that momentum trumps the talent, and it was too hard. You, you see that, you know, people getting ticky tack, you know, getting fouls, you know, kind of yeah. behind plays, and um, that was all a result of you know us decided we're gonna make a push, and um, and and you guys were you, you know there was a few minute gap, and you guys were were stuck in that overlooking us kind of mode, and it was it was it, you know it felt real to me at least, and then, yeah. and then that that that, that catch up just was proved to be a little too much for for you guys at that moment. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I I do think that the Warriors overlooked the Clippers. They they definitely checked out. I mean, if they were engaged I, again, I, I don't I don't want to discredit the Clippers. Like I, they played hard and they they kept at it despite mm-hmm. that. I think it's human nature. I mean, we all play ball, right? Like when it's a blowout, I mean, it's just human nature to just kind of take your foot off the gas pedal. Um, but the Clippers did not take their foot off the gas pedal. The Warriors did, and. They somehow managed to pull it off. It, it, it. I mean, it's it's a testament to Doc coaching. It's it's a testament to the junkyard dogs you guys have with, with Beverly and and Montrez. Like it was unbelievable to see. I was again. I was just like, oh my god! Like these guys are outplaying us. Wake the fuck up, guys! Like literally, that's what I was saying half the time. I want to kind of pose some questions to you guys because part of game two there mm-hmm. was some underlying storylines that played out. And one of them was Pat yeah. Beverly and Kevin Durant. Uh, I think a lot of sports mm-hmm. talk was going in afterwards saying how much Pat Beverly was disrupting Kevin Durant. And I wanted to ask you what you guys think about it and, how, and what, do you think there's a lot of truth to that? I'll, I'll start with this. Like we, Pat Beverly was definitely, he was playing his game. We kind of know coming into the series that Pat, Pat Beverly is one of the most intense defenders out there. And he was going to give it his all against, from a physical standpoint, a mismatch already. I do think that Pat Beverly was trying to exert his will against KD. Uh, what do you think, Leo? How how did that match up? I think there's a little bit of truth in that. As much as Pat Beverly, I mean, on record said he's just trying to play his game. He's just trying to play his game. There's a reason why he went. He he chose. He raised his hand to guard KD. He he knew that. I mean, he he's savvy enough, and, and and you know his play has been that way. I think that's that's kind of how he, how he built his brand. He's mm-hmm. smart enough to understand the the, the weaknesses. The, what are the intangibles? Where can they get at situations where you know maybe talent talent wise they're not matching up, but there's got to be some mm-hmm. weakness. He's actually quite keen with that, right? And that's why yeah. he raised his hand to to guard KD because a say he can't guard him. There's nothing to lose. But yeah. if he can, if he can actually do anything, mm-hmm. KD is the guy who's who's more vulnerable here. It's not, it's not Steph, it's yeah. it's, it's not Clay. It's KD. Yeah. He, I would say he he did it intentionally, right? As much as he tell he 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 tells the media he didn't, uh, and and it, it it proved to work. And you know, I know we'll talk about Game Three and the rest of the series yeah. later. But now there's a storyline there, and now this becomes a thing where, regardless of how KD reacts, this this chapter exists, and this chapter yeah. will be and can be revisited. So I thought that was brilliant. We all play ball, and I think when a smaller guy guards you, someone who's shorter but quick, it does cause you trouble for a short period of time because you're trying to figure out they're guarding up close to you, they're biting you because they don't want you to put the ball on the floor. Because once you put the ball on the floor, yeah. you have an advantage. Yeah. You can just raise over them. So they're just trying to Skin crowd over. you, yeah. and that's what Pat Beverly was yeah. doing. And it worked yeah. in game two. It worked in game two. Yeah. Yeah, but here's my take, though. Like, I, I do think that Pat was trying to get a mental edge on KD. Mm. And I, I think people are taking a T on KD right now, especially after game two, just because, I mean, he's an easy target. He's definitely put himself to be an easy target, uh, you know, being called all of these, you know, names Copy. about, you know, from, a, from a, a mental standpoint, having some weaknesses. Here's my take, though. And yes, KD is a little erratic compared to the other players that you have mentioned. Some people are, you know, at least from uh, a mental standpoint, probably a little bit more rigid. But I do feel like one of the reasons why Pat Beverly uh, was really successful was given his aggressive style, it just threw KD off a rhythm. Like the fact that you would play so aggressively, I actually felt like 
Pat was getting away with a lot of murder in terms of just doing all the little savvy tricks. And we all we all know these savvy tricks. We play hoops with like all of these OGs that kind of you know yeah, pull on yeah, your yeah. your 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 shirt or whatever, right? And, and and yes, there is a mental component there. But as a player, rhythm is so key. And if officials um, essentially don't call that. And then you try to respond, and then it just kind of throws you off. Like, the officiating kind of really disrupted a lot of the rhythm. So it's less about the mental component. I do think it's a factor, but I do think what's understated in a lot of the analysis is this whole rhythm conversation. When people get in foul trouble, when people kind of, you know, get a timeout or whatever, you can lose your rhythm. And I do feel like all of this discourse about the KD pat. Uh, matchup, they're never really focusing on the whole rhythm strategy. Yeah. Um, well, I think part of what you're saying is, uh, in, a, in when you're planning your game planning against another team, you look at tape and you you see where their spots are. Your whole the whole point is try to drive them off that spot, no matter how you want to scheme it. But Pat Beverly is just trying to get KD off his spots. That's yeah. That's and that's what he was doing. He's trying to make him uncomfortable and also turn the ball over. He had nine turnovers that game, so his defense. Yeah. Regardless of refs interfering or not, killing the rhythm, Pat Beverly was very successful in that. And yeah, they had a mount of epic comeback. So at the end of the day, this probably wouldn't have been a topic unless the Clippers mm-hmm. actually won the game. I don't know that's if, true. if there's more yeah. you want to say to that, Leo. No, I, I, I think I think that's right. I think uh, and and look, this kind of goes back to to the fact that I, I agree with the whole rhythm uh, strategy. I think. Because that that is some one angle that we can get at to the into the series, right? One way we can find um, any potential way to 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 get an edge uh, is through things like that. You go at scores that way, right? But 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 one of the things about KD is you know he is a brilliant scorer. He's one of the mm-hmm. best scorers in in the game. So sometimes even rhythm strategy doesn't work. So it's almost like you have you need two things to work in conjunction. You need yeah. the rhythm strategy yeah. and you need the mental. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both. That's true. And 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 I and, and that, but at least for that game, it worked out brilliantly. It, it worked at a time when he didn't quite expect it to um to to happen or to have bother him because the lead was already so large. Hey, look, I'm just happy it worked out. Uh, but I agree with everything you guys said. I also wanted yeah. to, before we close up that I wanted to give. I want to give more props to the Clippers. We need to mention Lou Will, Montrez Harrell, and Shamit for that big, big shot. Yeah. So, so I yeah. let me let me. I, I I I'm more than happy to speak to that. I mean, look, uh, I think it starts with the heart. It starts with the the, the pet bath and and the never give up attitude. Lou and Tres, man, all you know, this is not a blip. All season they were, by the way, I mean they were the the highest scoring bench. First of all, the Clippers were. These two, Lou and Tres. They're the highest scoring bench duel in the history of the game this season, right? So this is there, there's some consistency in this. They've been doing this all season, uh, and it always it does always start with some hey give give us some motivation and we'll we'll carry you through. And then what and then what then it does and and I, I'm glad to see it in a playoff game. But during the regular season, what then what 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 then happens is it then kind of it becomes contagious and the young guys started playing better. You know the the. The, the 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 gallows started playing better like it started being contagious haven't seen it in game one right but i'm glad i saw it in game two and it did happen it, it was it was contagious it, it yielded confidence play from shea that the last that that huge play where shaman made a three that was a rookie to rookie yeah that was a rookie to rookie play and that was yeah that was a clutch moment in a very important playoff game uh uh, at least up until this point in the career, like that was huge, um, and and that was I, I was very pleased to see that. Um, so so it, it it took everybody. It, it there was a sequence that looked familiar to me, just having knowing the team and having watched regular season games, and I'm just glad they it, it played out that way in a, in a, in a game two of the playoffs. Yeah, props to the junkyard dogs, man. I mean, these guys, they were playing, and they never gave up. So mm. we- the Clippers definitely said a. Uh, made a blip on the radar and made sure that the you know the, they put the league on notice in terms of what kind of culture and players they have so yeah we we definitely have to give leo a lot of credit he predicted the game to win i i <laughs> to flash back to the preview episode i predicted if the clippers were to steal which i didn't think they would they would have to steal one game one because that's when you don't really have a feel for the game yet and you can just blitz them with things that they probably have not seen in the regular season matchup um, but no, Leo, you predicted right, man. A lot of 
credit where credit is due. I mean, I mean, look to me, you know, I, I maybe I didn't, I, I couldn't articulate it that well last time around. But the more I think about it, I, I felt good about it because, yeah, that's right. Game, you know, we're the inexperienced team. We're the team where you know Gallo hasn't really played a, a playoff game. Much of the starting lineup didn't. Mm. There's only some folks with playoff experience, but never, never uh, in their in their current role, right? Lou has never been a, a go to score for a playoff team, right? So, so everything is new to us, and 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 the the Dubs, I mean, the opposite, right? They were a machine in the playoffs. They know exactly what to do, and they know exactly what turning up means. And and game one definitely looked like that. <laughs> it definitely looked like we're just not ready to 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 handle handle this level of intensity. Gallo was exposed, right? It, all those kind of things, and that's why I thought if there's a chance, and if it has to be a pivotal win, it has to be game two. I mean, th- don't get me wrong. When we're down thirty-one, <laughs> I I wouldn't say I was so confident that we'll make a comeback, right? <laughs> I just <laughs> I, I, I I I can't say that, but um, but 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 I I, I did feel like game two was if, if it has to be one game, it has to be. Game I promise to mention this. Um, because we have a, we all have a friend named David, and he's a Laker fan, and he watched that thirty-one point comeback, <laughs> yeah. and he told me he he texted me while we were watching, and he was like, "Man, I'm almost gonna become a Clipper fan, just so much heart and fortitude <laughs> that they <laughs> that they had to ha- pull that off." So I, Yo, I'll be remiss not to mention David, that. David, you heard if you're listening to this, you you heard it now now you now you're on record. He he did Would put a caveat afterwards though. He said only if they win the championship. <laughs> That's a typical Laker fan, right? <laughs> yeah, typical Laker mentality. Even Magic did it for God's sake. So, <laughs> but let's get into the topic number two. So in that same game, which might be part of the reason why they lost, Boogie went down with an injury, and now we know yeah. that the injury is very serious. It's a torn quad, and he's gonna be out for the playoffs. They said there's a small chance that he could come back for the finals, but let's be real here, it's a very long shot for that to happen. JC, how is how's this settling for you? Man, it's brutal. I do think it's a factor as to why they kind of lost their mojo um, in the second half. Yeah, they overlooked the Clippers, but I do think, you know, if you have like a brutal injury for one of your key teammates that you've been rallying for the whole season, that's really going to mess you up a little bit. And it was it was so so painful to see Boogie go down just because it was it was it sucked. It was his first playoff series. Boogie's been battling demons and trying to resurrect his his um his career by joining the Warriors and uh for his first playoff game he struggled. So at the at the outset you saw that Boogie was really trying to play a little bit more aggressive and try to earn his his place in the playoffs and then he just on a loose ball he's trying to make a steal he just crashes down and when i saw him kind of wince i was like fuck man mm-hmm. this may not be good and at that point in time i didn't know the extent of the injury but i just had a feeling it was ominous yeah. that it was going to be something long term the biggest thing uh, that I was kind of concerned about is is this sort of partly a result due to the Achilles injury did he did he rush coming back I think the Warriors were really slow playing him the whole year with kid gloves and they really wanted to make sure that he was good to go so I wonder if it had anything to do with the Achilles injury because it's on the same leg it was his left Achilles and it's now his left quad Um, there's been a lot of discussion about the kinetic chain so everything's really connected within our body right so Essentially, if something is compromised, say you have bust your Achilles, every part of that muscle in that side of the leg is compensating for the weakness of the muscle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe he just gave out. And aside from the fact that he's, what, 270 pounds, 280 pounds, putting a lot of pressure, going zero to 100, that was just a recipe for disaster. Um, if anything, it's just really devastating uh, less even from a basketball perspective, but more from a personal perspective. You know, some of our mis- listeners may not like Boogie just for his reputation, but just seeing him as a part of the Warrior team, he really cares about basketball and he really cares about winning and he has a passion for the game. And yeah, he may pout. Yeah, he may not be, uh, you know, he, he may talk to the refs. He may have a bad rap. But at the end of the day, um, you got to give respect for someone to who has tried to resurrect his career and come back from a devastating injury. And you really don't want to see anybody go down again. 
um, after such a major injury. A lot of the discussions right now is it's a torn quad, takes about a few months to recover. There's no surgery. You just kind of recover. There's doubts whether or not he's coming back. I'm hopeful that if he have a deep run without blowing all these 31 point leads maybe maybe <laughs> there a, could be it's some a big risk miracle thing it'd be a big risk for him yeah. to come back though uh and a con- yeah. he's on yeah. he's on a one year deal for him to come back and push to to play if he's not fully healthy he's risking his career and he's risking yeah. he's already that injury is already it, the max is off the table I'll tell you that much uh, he's not going to get a max deal at this point Coming from Achilles injury and yeah. a torn quad, there's no team that's going to give him the max contract anymore. His his max contract was going to be ter- determined in the playoffs this year. If he showed out and he proved that, hey, yeah. I can beat 80%, 70%, 60% of the DeMarcus Cousins that he showed in most of his career, then you could justify yeah. it, but not anymore, not with a torn quad. Leo, do you have any? Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on it? Yeah, no, I, I think so. I mean, I, I, I'll, actually, I'll actually rewind a little bit because I think as it, as the... You know, as, as the fan for the opposing team, I think it's easy to to say, "Oh, this is great for us." <laughs> but I think I think as as ballers and as, as, as real fans of the game, like it, you just can't celebrate any injury. Like you, you cannot. And and it was actually it was actually quite painful to watch. I remember when when it happened. I think I texted I texted you guys, and the first reaction was, "Oh God, that's not good." Uh, and then and. And and it, you 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 care about the injury first, right? First and foremost, yeah. before anything. So, so that 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 was that's that's got to be devastating. It's got to be devastating for him. Um, you know. Then then I think very quickly the the, the conversations evolve into you started hearing people talk about oh the Warriors going to actually play better now. I mean I, I actually mm. would love to hear JC's thoughts, but um, yeah. I, I I feel like they call it the death lineup for a reason. Uh, you know that the Hampton lineup or whatever you want to call it, he he's bringing talent to the table. So I, I feel like I did want to see you know him truly ramp up and get into the flow of the playoffs and and and, and to see what that lineup's going to be like. Uh, you know at this point we're not going to see it, so you actually can't compare. You can't say oh are are, are the Warriors going to be better as a result? You just can't make that make that make that judgment call anymore. And and it's unfortunate. There's still the playoffs game playoff games to play, of course, and for you know for the Clippers. I, I, you know, it, it might not be a good thing because now we got a game plan a little differently. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, our, our defensive schemes might have to change a little bit. So, so even from that standpoint, it, it, it has an impact on the, on the series and the preparation for it. But, you know, but that, that's almost kind of more, more of a secondary point. I, I just felt bad for, for the guy. You know, regarding your question, is it good or bad for the Warriors? I think it depends on the matchup. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think with the Clippers, dude's not really doing a lot of damage right now so like outside of montrez the bigs aren't really dominating the series per se it's like lou will or kd that's dominating the series thus far yeah um so maybe this wasn't going to be the best series for boogie to really show uh what he can do i i do think there are pros and cons with boogie in there i think the pros obviously are offense like he's if not the most talented one of the most talented big men out there Uh, i've seen him do wonderful things you know with the ball he has high basketball iq he can pass the ball he can really you know he can set screens he could finish he could do a lot of things so offensively we're losing a lot just because next in line is jordan bell kevon looney andrew bogut Mm -hmm. um, which are more matchup based you know fives for us but on the flip side from a defensive standpoint, I mean, Boogie was getting killed for certain matchups on the pick and roll. Yeah. Right? Lou Will and exposed them a lot. Exactly, right. He's exactly. Right, right at him, totally. He might have been sitting anyway. Defensively, he definitely had a lot to work. He was getting better. I think he was learning to work with his teammates, communicate better, just to kind of provide a little bit more stability from a defensive standpoint. But let's face it, that really wasn't his his strength to start with. That's why we signed Bogut as an insurance policy for him and have a defensive anchor as well. So at least from a short-term perspective, Boogie wouldn't really have made too much of a difference for this series. But I do think it's round one of the playoffs. You never know who you're going to match up with. If Utah, uh, if we're able to pull off the series, I mean, obviously we're making assumptions, right? But you you got to look forward. You got to scout all the other teams. Like if Utah, 
somehow wins, then you got to match up about against Gobert. Even going all the way to the finals, I, I feel like in the Western Conference, it's not even a big uh, a big conference with quotes. I feel like if you make it all the way to the finals, the East Eastern Conference has all these bigs. They have Brooke Lopez, who's probably at the bottom of that totem pole. Marcus, but you got Embiid, Marcus Sol. All of these bigs uh, are are going to be tough matchups, right? And if we had Boogie, I think it would be a little bit more of a, a better counter for all of those bigs. So I think on the long term, it might be something that might be a, of more concern. So maybe Boogie can get that PRP Kobe therapy <laughs> or whatever, and somehow he can uh, he can magically come back. But I'm not really, you know, I'm not putting my, any money on that. It looked brutal and... Yeah, it, it was tough. Yeah, man. It was tough we've, to see. we've talked about this in the past, the positives and negatives of what Boogie can bring on the defensive side and offensive side. And at this point, it's it's all for not to discuss that. It's more so Steve Kerr hasn't doesn't have that chess piece that he can use anymore uh, from here on out. And I, I do think there could be positives because Draymond could step up now. This whole year, Draymond has been kind of a, a shell of himself. But now it's the playoffs and he can put all his energy into becoming the Draymond we know. So moving forward, we'll see how it plays out. Let's get into game three. Game three, there was a, there was a point where the Clippers were down 31 and JC texted me that maybe Lightning can strike twice. And I, and I warned him, I was like, they get down 31. That's what they, they got them where they wanted. But it didn't work out that way. Sorry, Leo. The game finished, <laughs> what was it, 132 to 100, 105 uh, with the Warriors winning. I know, Leo, yeah, you caught yeah. up with the game just like last time you had to put on DVR. Um, you saw all the text messages and you were thinking, for this, thinking, hoping for the same result, but it didn't work out that way. Uh, how do you feel with this, this being on this spectrum of, of things now? Let me, let me first by just saying I'm, I'm glad we got to talk about Game 2 first because at least I feel better talking about Game 3. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got you got me on that emotional roller coaster high, um, you know. But at least I know what the fall looks like already, so it's not so bad. I guess the way I I put this is actually, I I knew we we all knew we knew the Warriors. There's no other scenario. They're gonna come at us hard. They're gonna be focused. They're gonna they're gonna play this game hard. So mentally, I was I was think I was ready to take a loss, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just hoping it's not a 50, 60 point loss by that point almost. Don't get me wrong, the game was out of hand, uh, quite out of hand for, you know, by, by, by the third quarter. It, it just wasn't, wasn't looking good. And and the 27, I mean, it's really no difference. Uh, it's just a lot of garbage time. But but I at least I was mentally ready for it. I'm not gonna lie, I, I was hoping for magic, right? Yeah. I think, because you had magic happen once, you're gonna want magic to happen again. And I, I, I was at some point hoping Hey, can we at least get close? Can we at least give them another scare? And it just wasn't meant to be. And I think I, you know, and 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 I actually want to get you guys' thoughts as well. But when you look at this game, there's a different dynamic at play, right? Versus game two, I feel like this game, you know, we went in knowing that the Warriors. I'm talking about the Clipper player and the Clipper coaching staff, knowing that the the Warriors will come at us hard. Give them, give them the. You know, hit them in the beginning, try to match up with them. I think was our, was our, was what was what we were trying to do. There was a point in time where it's almost like it was our turn to disengage, and I I felt like maybe that was just maybe or maybe I'm just trying to make myself feel better. But maybe that was that was the 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 thinking all along playing this game three, knowing that hey they're gonna give us the the, the, the toughest blows and telling the team it's okay that 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 this is this is one that we you know that that they take because it is a seven game series i don't know maybe i'm just trying to make myself feel better but <laughs> but but that's that that's that's how i felt so i don't feel so bad the more i think about it i don't feel so bad anymore that said i think you know that 36 point deficit at one point i think it was 36 to 37 that that was not a good look uh, i guess the silver lining as you talk about zoo at least at least zoo got some got some game time and, and got a double double and <laughs> It was all in garbage time, but at wow, least he got, to, he got to warm up a little bit. Is that what you're trying to do? Yeah, he I'm was not, dominating I'm... Jonas Jerubko. <laughs> he, he's just trying to put in my face that Zoo's not in the Lakers anymore. I'm not part of this. I'm not part of this debate right here. I I have no dog in the race. But yeah, you, I, this I, is the things that you said this... were, were very true. I think one of the biggest things is Gallinari didn't show up. I, I yeah. mean, he had an atrocious game, and right from the start, the Warriors set. The you know they came out hard and I think the rookies couldn't they couldn't match that intensity. Look look at last game. It was really the vets that really carried that when they started coming back. 
that give the com the rookies that confidence and right from the bat not having that intensity and coming down early I think it was it was too tough to overcome especially with Gallinari not bringing it because he's yeah. that vet in the lineup and Pat Beverly yeah. but Pat Beverly is not an offensive player so it would be Gallinari really setting that tone of hey you know they're scoring on us but I'm gonna I'm gonna put in quality possessions and get to my spots hit those shots and keep us within 10 it just didn't work out that way. Yeah, and and, and that that that's been my that's been one of my uh, kind of fears, kind of points in the series where I do think it's it's, it's very important for uh, for Gallo to show up. He 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 has his best season, and you know we talked about this in the last pod, but he 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 had his best season by far so far. He has been the linchpin, that the scorer on, on the team, and the the the, the score in the starting lineup, uh, really since since Tobias has left, and he really needed to show up. And my fear all along is, you know, he looked a little exposed, right? Game one, he looked exposed. Game two, you know, even for stretches, he looked exposed. And I'm glad he, 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 he ride the wave and he came back. But, but that that that's been that's been a point. That's been a thing that I I've been I've I've just been very wary of. And um, game three didn't help with that. You're right. Um, so we'll see. But but he he's definitely a key to this series. If we want any chance um, to 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 make this. Uh, you know, tougher than, than than it is right now. JC, you're on the high right now. You're 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 on the opposite end of the spectrum right now. <laughs> Rebel in it, yeah. buddy. Rebel in it. So how did you feel about the game? I mean, there's there's only good things to say, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, well. I mean, coming into the game, I had my question mark. I, I, you know, coming into game two, I felt really confident that we would actually be able to kind of coming into halftime at game two, I felt that we would be able to close it out. So at this point, there's an element of doubt in my mind whether or not we would be able to respond. Uh, I was optimistic, but I was, you know, circumspect, right, in terms of whether or not we would show up. I felt like there would be two directions that the game uh, could go. The game and the, the run could go. They could either galvanize together, galvanize against, with Boogie's injury, and galvanize against the embarrassment that they had put themselves onto the other the other night and come out guns a blazing focused laser focused and executing the way that i know they can execute or they could go the other way and have some chinks in the armor and have some mental lapses and just have their confidence wavered so i'm glad to see at least after game three that they went the former rather than the latter I think they made a lot of adjustments. Two major adjustments that I noticed was A, KD. Mm. I know that Bev was, you know, whatever, getting to his head, his rhythm was off, whatever. All of those factors were off in game two. And I was curious to see how he would respond. And he responded like a superstar. This is the reason why these guys get paid max money, right? Yeah. KD came through and he was scorching hot. I'm not even going to throw out the numbers, but he was like 5 or 5 in the first quarter. And he was playing the game that I know KD could play. I think he made adjustments too. Instead of playing stagnant, he was kind of moving around a little bit more, using screens just to get to his spots. And he has a lot of spots. Yeah. I think Jack and I were texting this. Anywhere on the court are his spots. KD definitely responded and showed you know he's one of the top players regarded as one of the top players in the league so it was really encouraging to see that 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 response and the second thing was just a team response i do feel like they came in laser focused i think defensively they made adjustments mm -hmm. uh lou will was killing us mm -hmm. the other day and i think lou still kind of got his numbers but his percentages were much lower yeah uh, the biggest adjustment that i saw was andre igudala was checking him and igudala is one of the most savvy experienced defenders out there and he was using his leg and he was just trying to bother Lou uh, a little bit. And it's a testament to players being able to respond. I think the coaching also responded. I think a lot of it is born out of experience. I mean, we've been through so many playoff series and, you know, and having some disappointments, matching up with all of these players like James Harden, LeBron, obviously. So it was really encouraging to see this, this, this response. With yeah. that said, it's 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 a marathon, guys. Like, I mean, like like we saw in a span of days, like we're up and down in the roller coaster. You can't get too high on one game and then get too low after another game. And it's a reminder in the first round because I was really low. I was like, "Fuck, man, record breaking <laughs> loss." 
but now it's kind of encouraging to see that they made adjustments and you know we'll see how how the series progresses i think at this point the clippers are going to try to make some adjustments again um and we'll see what happens with that said um the only thing i i was talking to jack about this is um you know as the sample size increases you can kind of see where the disparity disparity kind of shows up right game two was an amazing game it was a record-breaking game. But if you look at this, I think out of the 12 quarters that have been played thus far, mm-hmm. the Warriors have been, for the most part, winning 10 out of those 12 quarters, right? Yep. So as more games are being played, you can kind of see the disparity between these two teams. So we'll see. First of four, right? For the, for the series. So we'll see what kind of adjustments the Clippers can make. Leo, what yeah. do you think are the adjustments the Clippers need to make going into game four? That's I mean, that's the pivotal game right here. If they don't win game four, it's not happening. Yeah, no, no. Before before I even get to that, I'll actually give give one more kudos to the to the Dubs. I I think speaking of adjustment, and by the way, this is all, what the playoffs is all about. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's all about making the, the, the timely adjustments and, 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 and quickly and gathering your troops and make sure they come in and ready to, to execute. But one that I, I noticed, and I noticed because it's been our, our, our very our defensive scheme so far in the series has been an obvious one, right? Uh, we, we leave Dre, we leave um, your five open, right? And we, we basically just focus our defensive energy on three guys or you know, your scores. Clearly, work very actually worked very well in game in game two. Of course, we worked to a certain extent in game one as well. This game, I, I felt you know kudos to the Dubs. You made the adjustment, right? You you made sure the extra passes to be had, and to get those guys easy shots. Uh, and I think that was that was obvious um, even starting in the first quarter. Uh, and and so 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 that and that also helps to with, with the whole with what you're saying, getting the the, the entire team more focused, right? Uh, I, I guess that's a subset of it, but but that to me was a brilliant adjustment because that that has been our, our def, the, the theme of our defensive scheme. Uh, so now we got to think about that, and and kind of segue into what 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 kind of adjustments we need in game in game four. You know, it, it actually starts with that. I feel like the our our, our in Q in 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 uh, the first quarter we just couldn't we couldn't defend well enough to even get us a, give us a chance to gain any in gain any momentum a you guys were hot b you guys passed well and uh and our, our our scheme just wasn't working so i feel like we 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 ought to think about that maybe a little bit more more on ball defense um and and, and relying relying on um being a little more targeted um you, you know with, with replacing our best defender and on, on on your guys instead of trying to just just zone in on the three guys and leaving other guys open Maybe it's something like that. I feel like, but but something needs to be done on the on the def- defensive end. Then then I think I don't think you know I, I've seen this line the, the the rotation many times now. There's a large sample size as well. I don't think there will be any lineup changes. I think, um, but I do think getting Gallo engaged and uh, getting him going in the first quarter um, is important because because I I think so far we we haven't we haven't really done this thing where we we, we give him the touches early on. And let him let him let him test his you know his shooting touch and see how that's gonna go. We 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 haven't really done that. Um, we we let Shea take took a few shots, which you know I I'm always happy when our rookies take shots. But you know I I think to um to the point you know one of the key to the series is we need to we need to make sure Gallo gets going. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the the only don't the the only way he doesn't get exposed is if he can actually his his offense excels but if he doesn't even have a chance to 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 play out his offense then then i think that 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 weakness that the exposure just it just uh it just surfaces itself so so i think though you know at least those two things are top of mind uh, i don't know if you guys noted notice anything else but uh i think yeah looking at the games and how game two played out uh the clippers aside from the epic comeback they really shared the ball better there was more mm-hmm. ball movement and what the Warriors did really well and have been doing well with the quarters they've been winning is really go back to that ball movement they've been having. What, as JC was saying earlier, Kevin Durant stopped going into that one-on-one mode against Patrick Beverly because that's what Patrick Beverly wants him to do. He wants mm-hmm. him to go one-on-one. Whether he scores on him or not, it takes away the flow of the offense. But there was so much off-the-ball movement in today's game it was hard to lock down defensively on them because that's what the, the Clippers' defensive scheme was is basically to stop that movement get them into iso ball and that's what they're trying to bait that's what you try to bait these star players to do that's what kobe suffered the most at is he just Mm -hmm. went into this one-on-one mode and sure he scored he could drop 50 points but sometimes you look at it you're like oh the rest of the team's not involved anymore 
So that worked. I like, in- I like how Kobe entered this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta bring it back to the Lakers, yeah. guys. Kobe get out of this? Gotta fit in Kobe. What the hell? But yeah, Kobe's coaching a girls' team right now, man. We're in the NBA playoffs. I want to hear about Gallo and freaking Lou Williams. <laughs> Kobe's still the center kidding, of the Kobe. Laker we universe. You, Kobe for president for the president of basketball operations. Um, all kidding aside, that's that's kind of what I saw, and I think Lou Williams needs to have an amazing game. Uh, that's just <laughs> yeah. simply put. He and Gallo need to have an amazing game, and they need to share the ball better. They need to. <laughs> it, it's it's got to be it's got to be a perfect game. For them to win yeah no jc was right i think the, the the larger the sample size get i think the the talent disparity becomes more apparent and harder to overcome and the only way to open overcome it is we have to have more things go right for us than the warriors do right to win any given game and we we do need we do need those factors um to to, to come together um uh, and there, there, we, we just have more of them to 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 have to go away than, than the warriors do right because the warriors at any given time i think they between experience and talent, you know, there, there are many, there, there are very various ways to um, to get to the same spot. But um, but you're, you're right, Leo. Before we close out this podcast, you gave a prediction the in the preview episode of our podcast, and you predicted game two win. Do you have a prediction yep. for us? How is this series gonna play out? Please tell us about game four, game five, game six, game seven. <laughs> <laughs> game seven. I. Oh God. I. You know how these things go, like you know, I, I got I got lightning to strike once. <laughs> I, I hate to make any other calls now, mm. but I, you know I will say this. I think game three. I go back to kind of my my instinct, how I felt about that game after the loss. You know, my instinct told me like this game three loss was one that the coaching staff decided is 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 an acceptable outcome. But that tells me is I think no matter what, game four is going to be a very different game and. And I hope the Warriors. I think I think they're smarter than that. But I, but I hope you know they're a little looser because they, they have this game three, right? I, 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 I don't know. I mean, JC, you know your boys better, but uh, but that's our hope. That's my hope. And I, I, I do know, I do, I do, I will anticipate game four looking different. Uh, and, and game four again, once again, become the pivotal game. I'm not gonna make any calls, but it All will right. become the pivotal game. And and look, six games, six games. I think I, I think last part I said. If we win game two, we'll at least get a six-game series. I stand, I, I stand by that. So, oh, so, all right. So I stand by that. <laughs> How do you feel, JC? You know, like, How's game four going to yeah, play out for you? Before, I'll give you my take, but like the whole time I'm, I'm watching Jack ask the question, he reminds me. I don't know if you watch Game of Thrones, Leo, but he, Jack reminds me of the eunuch. Uh, <laughs> the guy without the... Why don't you the, say his name? The, 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 why, the, why call the me eunuch, a eunuch? Uh, Sir Varys or Lord Varys over at Game of Thrones. So he's like, he doesn't really have a horse in this race. <laughs> so he's literally just kind of like trying to push all of these like uh, these thoughts for everybody <laughs> Uh, in the throne and we're all trying to bite each other's head <laughs> off and he's just sitting on the side with his bald head just kind of chuckling <laughs> trying to twiddling his fingers like Sir Varys, Lord I, I, Varys. I, I actually don't watch the Game of Thrones. That probably <laughs> makes me officially, you know, not credible in anything I say because everyone watches it but uh, but but you know what that 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 is Jack though. Actually Jack does it in, in more than just this <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing that he with all to, our friendships he, for years. <laughs> he, he likes to, he likes to, you know, you know, I mean, you know, instigate a little bit and, and, and <laughs> yeah. see how you react, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so that, that, that is just a boy. That's Jack. That's why he's perfect for, for doing the host duties. But to answer your question, Jack, Jack Varys, <laughs> I, I agree with, with, with Leo. I think game four is going to be a crucial game, and it, it'll dictate how the series goes. Mm. Um, now, I know that the outlier game two... And then we have two blowouts. I do think game four is going to be a really competitive game. I think the Clippers know how crucial it is. And they're going to, they're literally going to be playing for their lives. Just because after you go down, it's going to be really difficult. They don't, I'm pretty sure they don't want to go back to Oracle being down 3 1 or whatever, right? 3 1. Yeah. Fuck that number, man. <laughs> Fuck 3 1. Um, uh, but, uh, so I think it's going to be a closer game, and I'm I'm hopeful, I'm optimistic that our stars are going to be able to deliver. I think they're going to Clippers are going to really put come out swinging. They're going to you know make it a game, but the Warriors' experiencers I hope is going to come out to 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 play and be a factor, and they can kind of close out this 
this tough game uh, for Game 4. Um, I'm hoping that it could just be still a five-game series. I don't want the series to go longer than five games than what it needs to be just because, as we've seen with Boogie going down already, mm-hmm. any more games that they any of these teams play out there, there's an opportunity for for injury. And I'm looking at the longer goal. You know, I'm not looking at just the next round. I'm looking at, you know, getting another ring. So that's that's what Leo wants. We can close it out. He wants you to look yeah. past them. He wants you to look past look, them. That's what look the underdog wants. If fair, fair <laughs> enough, everything you said. And I hope you're wrong. And, you know, look past us. That's what we thrive at. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah. I will say this. The next game will be, like you said, a determining, determining game. The Clippers will be fighting for their lives. And if anything, the Warriors can show if they're a championship team and close out a team that has even a slight hope because there is a talent disparity. Mm-hmm. You know, speaking from Jack Varis, I want the Clippers to win game four because I want to keep toying with you guys. I want to bring Leo back on as a guest. I want to get his insights on the Clippers underdog status. <laughs> yeah, let's let's close out the podcast on that. I really want to thank Leo for coming back, doing a mid-series check-in. And if this series extends, we're going to keep on bringing you back. Our, our listeners hey, love you. Hey, I do it for the fans, Clippers. Do it for the fans. <laughs> My fans. <laughs> no, uh, no, it, it's been it's been fun. Um, thanks for having me. Like, this, this is a definitely a reaction pause so uh, you know you, you caught me at a good time but uh but it, it's been a lot of fun guys yeah um and I, I i do hope to come on for good reason so so you know give us the reason hopefully the clippers <laughs> give us the reason all right thank you guys for listening you guys you guys can follow us on ig ball vs life official you can email us at, us at ball vs life at gmail.com give us a rating and subscribe to our podcast we really appreciate it. any comments is very welcome Again, thank you for listening. See you guys. It's weekly, but now we've been releasing in a couple every three, four days now. Who knows? This all these playoff stories. It can't be helped. We 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 just need to get on and record right after these games. And it's now it's a reaction episodes now. So thank you for listening. Let's catch you guys next episode then. Later. Peace. <laughs>